and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the EPC. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you very much, Rachel Joseph, and thank you to those of you who have tuned in to another edition of In All Things, a weekly podcast of the EPC drops every Friday in all of your favorite podcast channels, or you can simply go to our website at epc.org and you can find it there all the time. We drop every single Friday, including this Friday, which if you're listening for when this will originally drop, And we realize there are people who get caught up and go back and listen to episodes that have been recorded a while back. But the original drop date for this is Good Friday. So we're at the tail end of Holy Week and we're getting ready to go into that important weekend of Good Friday and Holy Saturday and, of course, Resurrection Sunday, which is the pinnacle in many respects of the Christian year. We were teed up in our Holy Week by a devotion led by our assistant stated clerk, Michael Davis, who spoke from John chapter 12. But he prefaced that by looking at the end of chapter 11, where in verse 45 it says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. So we're going to actually, even though we're going forward now in Holy Week, we're going to go back a little bit further into chapter 11 to one of the great passages in John's gospel. In many respects, it's the pivotal passage in the gospel of John, which has to do with Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And I want to give full disclaimers out to my brother, Andrew Smith. Andrew is an EPC teaching elder, and he's the co-chair of our 7-9 task force. And he shared this devotion recently when the 7-9 team was in the office. And uh, it really stuck with me. And I thought it was worthwhile sharing that with you. So if there's any great epiphanies that come out of this, all credit goes to uh, Andrew Smith. So let's go ahead and read the scripture together, my friends, from John chapter 11, beginning in verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave. And a stone lay against it, and Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I say this on the account of those people who are standing around, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who died came out. His hands and his feet were bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. My friends, the grass will wither and the flower will fall, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is good for teaching, correcting, training, rebuking, and all righteousness. The word of God will go forth and accomplish the purposes for which it has been established and will not return void. If you believe this, as we sit together under his word, he will use that word to form and shape us so that we have the mind of Christ to live the life of Christ as he has called us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
At the very end of this text, uh, the phrase, unbind him and let him go. I wonder if that phrase isn't just limited to Lazarus, but is a phrase that you and I might hear in a fresh way on this Good Friday when we are bound up by so many things that keep us from going to that place of painful suffering on Good Friday, of that eerie, isolated silence and distance of Holy Saturday. We all want to get, obviously, to the great celebration of He is Risen on Resurrection Sunday. But before we can, on this day, when this podcast drops, perhaps each of us needs to be unbound by Him so that we could be let go into the resurrection reality that God has for us. And if that were the case, then it would be said of us that we would be the man who died but came out. (laughs) If I were preaching this, my friends, that would be the title of my sermon right out of verse 44. It's an interesting verse that jumped out at me, this reading that never has before, because typically as a preacher, I would emphasize, as I did just a few minutes ago, the loud, emphatic imperative, Lazarus, come out. My preacherly voice would have landed hard at the end of verse 43. And then I would have jumped almost immediately to the amazing sight that is the end of verse 44, which is that this guy's walking out with linen straps and his face wrapped. And I can't quite picture exactly how that was going to happen, but the unbinding. But I've jumped over so many times just that simple phrase to describe Lazarus. And I wonder if it would be a phrase that as we come to celebrate the resurrection this weekend might be said of us, the man or the woman who had died but came out. You see, the summation of the Christian life, my friends, is death to self. Calvin said mortification to sin. We have to die to sin so that we can be alive to Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, if anyone would follow me, Jesus bids him to come and die. The apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And it was Jesus himself that said, anybody who would follow me must take up their cross. The beginning of the Christian life is the death of ourselves. We're the people who believe that life comes out of death. Death is not the end, nor is it the victor. Life, the one who is the light of the world, who is life, abundant and eternal, offers up the life that is truly life, the seamless life, the shalom life, the rich, beautiful life. But we have to be unbound by the things that hinder us, that hold us, that limit us, that keep us from experiencing that life. And he comes to unbind us so that we could be the people who died but came out. We came out of the darkness of the cave into the new light as children of the resurrection. Our old selves have been crucified and our new selves have now been raised with him. And he now in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's who you and I are to be. Do you believe? Do you believe? Michael talked an awful lot last week about this idea of people believing. And I would tell you that the people who saw Lazarus came out formed the nucleus of a believing community that would follow Jesus, even to this day. 
In fact, Jesus says as much to Martha earlier in this text where he says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And my friends, I think that's actually the point of this text. And I think it's actually the point of the Gospel of John. And I actually think it's the point of our lives. Do you believe? Because if you do, you will see the glory of God. I think the glory of God is the whole point of John's Gospel. That we would say in the, in the Reformed tradition, sola de gloria. And then there's a big discussion about the, the solas of the Reformation and which ones come first. You know, do you say sola scriptura comes first because you've got to start with epistemology and how you know what you know before you can talk about sola gratia and sola fatia and sola Christos? Or do you start with Christ because Christ is before all things, in all things, and in him all things hold together, as we often talk about in this podcast? I actually, in the five solas of the Reformed tradition, I start with sola de gloria, everything to God's glory. And with that in mind, we talk about all of the other things that bring God glory by only through the scriptures and only through Christ alone, only through grace, only through faith. All of those things, I think, come under the larger umbrella of the glory of God. Jesus says to Martha, if you had believed, you would see the glory of God. Do you believe that you are the person who died but has come out? Do you believe you're that person? It's fascinating to me that in the text that precedes this, the whole text that leads up to the the resurrection of Lazarus, the two sisters both come out to meet Jesus. The first one that comes out to meet Jesus early on, back in verse 17, is Martha. And Martha comes and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And of course, Jesus begins to teach her that he's the resurrection and the life. And if you believe in him, you would never die. Well, then Martha goes and gets her sister Mary, and Mary comes out and sees the teacher. And interestingly enough, she says the exact same thing that her sister says. Two separate occasions, first Martha, then Mary, but they both say the same thing to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus' answer to Mary is different than his answer to Martha. Jesus' answer to Mary actually has him crying. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And of course, the longest verse in the Bible, everybody says, right? Verse 35, Jesus wept. The word for wept there literally means wailed. My friend Andrew Smith, who gave me the idea for this devotional, <laughs> said he, Jesus was wailing at death because death was the enemy. Death was the, the tool of the enemy. And we've all bought into a lie thinking that death is it. It's the end. There's nothing beyond it. Or if there is, we're at least very unclear or uncertain or unsettled by what it is. The reality is death was not part of the created order. It enters the order because of sin. And it is not the end, nor is it the victor. Where, O death, is your victory? Where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Our victory is through Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the dead. Why? Because we are the people who died and came out. He called you by name as he did Lazarus. 
and we go from death to life. If you believe me, I promise you will see the glory of God. All you need to do, my friends, on this Good Friday, as you consider the tomb and the silence and the resurrection to which we look forward, all you need to do is respond to the voice of Jesus, follow as he calls your name, so that he may unbind you and let you go to be a people of glory this Easter. That's my prayer for you, that you would be the people who died and came out unbound and beheld the glory of God and the resurrection Christ. So Lord, now I pray for my brothers and sisters who listen into this podcast, wherever it might be, I pray that you would meet them right there, that you would unbind them, that you would call them out of the darkness and the grave unto light and life, and that they would believe in this resurrection day, they might see the very glory of God. I pray this in the name of the resurrected one, God's glory himself, Jesus our Lord. Amen. My friends, I pray that you have a wonderful conclusion to your Holy Week, a wonderful celebration of his crucifixion, that you have space to sit in silence on Saturday, and that you've experienced the power of the resurrection this coming Sunday. Until the next time when we gather in this venue, I bring grace and peace to you. you again for joining us on behalf of dean and the entire team we hope you will join us for our next episode of in all things for more information about the evangelical presbyterian church including a directory of local churches online resources and much more visit our website at www.epc.org i'm rachel joseph i pray you have an overwhelming sense of god's presence in all things today